day 113. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window, not a mirror. Uh, we come to it to see through it and to see God, um, not to, to primarily look at it and see right. ourselves. All right. So still working through the Psalms, bro. Um, Psalm 109. Yep. Right? Psalm 109, bro, is this psalm. And it's a lot of strong language in this psalm. So it's, you know, a psalm of David and this this prayer against the enemies of God's people. Now, what I love about these psalms, so the this is, you know, a, a category of the psalms called the imprecatory psalms, where they will, uh, the people of God will bring the, 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 the harsh things that have been done to them before the Lord. Mm. And they will cry out to the Lord in distress. And often they will use very strong emotional language and ask God to take up vengeance and right. provide justice. And you see that here. And what I love is that there are no emotions that we can't bring to the Lord. Right. Right. Mm. Like no matter what it is we're facing, God accepts all of those things, bro. And you know, the, the the interesting thing here is um, the language he uses to call towards the enemies is language taken from Deuteronomy 28. So we're not told the exact situation right. of what happened, but that's actually a good thing because we can insert ourselves in the story. I love it, bro. Like, like no matter, you know, the Psalms, like they are this uh, one size fits all, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, where we can insert ourselves in the story and say, hey, like, Lord, Let's, let me bring these things before you. Uh, let me bring my anger and the mistreatment that I've experienced to your throne and yeah. let you handle it. Right? Yeah. Paul says, like, we don't take vengeance in our own hands. Right. We leave that to God. Yeah. What I love about this psalm, too, is that it's not just that he brings it to God. It's the specificity with which he mm. brings it to God. Yeah. Like, yo, look, like, verse 5, said a wicked person over, over him, let an accuser stand at his right hand. Mm. So when he thinks that he's got it in the bag, in his area of strength, yeah. let somebody stand there and confound it. And so on and on and on, mm. he's bringing it with specificity to God because, like, man, unloading generic burdens to God doesn't give you the, like, holistic mm. care and concern that you want. Yeah. You want somebody, right? When somebody has a counselor, it's not just... Tell me about your day. I had a bad day. Oh, right. I feel better. Let me get out. Right. And that, no, 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 no. Mm. What about it? Give me the specifics. And mm. Psalm 109 gives us permission to bring that specifically to God. And his point is, God, the wicked are loud. Mm. So now is not the time for you to be silent. Amen. That's good. I need bro. you to speak up, God. That's the good. wicked are loud. Now is not the time for you to be silent or for your deliverance to be mistaken as coincidence. Mm, mm, so mm. I don't want you to get me out of this in a way where people think that they just fell on bad luck. I That's want it good, to bro. be abundantly clear mm. that you were against them. You were a God that delivered us, right? And you, you know, think back to the Exodus. It would be one thing if Moses just outsmarted them and got away. Yeah. But the way God split the Red Sea made it clear, oh, wait a minute, you're up against God, not them. And he's praying that the same thing would take place for him. Yeah. What, yeah. What's interesting, bro, <clears throat> is that um, I think that's a, a theme throughout the Bible, that mm -hmm. God makes it over overly clear that it wasn't- Abundantly clear. That it wasn't man. So when people say like, yo, you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and things like that, um, even the Apostles' Creed, this is after the New Testament, 
one of the things that they always say is that Christ was crucified, right? Right. And then he was buried. Right. So in other words, it's like, hold on. He died, bro. He it it wouldn't know. Um, uh, there's this, you know, the skeptics had the swoon theory that he didn't really die on the cross and he was just in the back and all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. The scripture's like, fam, he was dead. And not just that day, for three days. Yeah, so he was dead dead. Dead dead. Right, <laughs> right. Start right. to smell bad, <laughs> right. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so when he raises, oh, you know, like, this is the work of God in nothing else. And then when he takes a seven-mile walk in Luke 24, it's like, oh, all right, listen, <laughs> I'm healthy. Yeah, yeah. But when my sister had us on that sled down yes, the block, yesterday, I out. was like, ooh, I'm about to die. Yeah. You don't get crucified. And if you survive, you don't just casually take a seven-mile walk and talk the whole time, right? Mm. So it's abundantly clear that they, God is. That God is at work. I yeah. love what Trimper Longman says on a on a very pastoral note. He's a biblical scholar, but um, he says this. He says, God invites our honest prayers. When we are deeply harmed and our anger boils, it would be both fruitless and dangerous to suppress those emotions rather than turning them over to mm. God. And that is the important point. The imprecations are not just expressions of anger. They allow us to turn our anger over to God and for him to act right. as he sees fit. Right. Mm. And uh, I, I just love that, man. And, um, you know, I think the Psalms just give us that permission yeah. to bring those with specificity yeah. to the God who can help. Psalm 110. Mm. Psalm 110, listen, Psalm 110 mm. is the most quoted yeah, and alluded to passage in the entire New <coughs> Testament. No, yeah. the most alluded to Psalm. Excuse me, Psalm in the entire New Testament. Oh yeah. So what he says in verse one is, "This is the declaration of the Lord to my Lord: Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool." Now this is a Psalm of David, mm. and David is saying to the Lord, "Yeah, tell my Lord, right, right." So, so this is the declaration of the Lord. Excuse me, David is talking. And he's saying the Lord said to someone else. Right. So in other words, Yahweh says to my Lord. In other words, right. David is saying that there is another king right. other than Yahweh. Right. So there's this distinction that he's making here. And every time the New Testament talks about Jesus being at the right hand of God, yeah. it's everywhere in the New Testament. Right. It's coming back to this song. Mm. So Jay-Z has this line where he's like, uh, you know, uh, I say a big verse. I'm only bigging up my brother, bigging up my barrel. I'm big enough to do it. I'm that thorough. Plus, I know my own flow is foolish. In other words, what he's saying is, Jay-Z always quotes Biggie's lines right. in his own song. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I'm just bigging up. Ho. I mean, uh, I'm bigging up big. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not trying to just steal his lines. Right. So, in other words, uh, you know, in the New Testament, bro, all it's doing when it brings up Psalm 110, it. right, it's good. just trying to remember the influence of that song that's on the writers. And that's what Jay-Z was saying. He's like, fam, he's influenced me so much right. that I have to bring up his lines in yeah. my songs. And that's what Psalm 110 is saying. Now, it's interesting. This psalm is quoted by Christ in, even in his own ministry. Right. So when the Pharisees come to him, and they're like, yo, how's the Messiah David's son? He's like, yo, bro, remember Psalm 110. You remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really know the scriptures? He always, he always <laughs> right. hit him with that. And... um. Yeah, so in other words, like David is just saying that there's this king that's going to be exalted and he is David's lord. Right. David is king of Israel. He's yeah. that dude. Yeah. He's saying this king that is exalted is actually my lord. And the only way that he can be exalted to this right hand is not just by death, but by resurrection. Right. Right. And so after Christ raises from the grave, the, the apostles will definitely pick this up and say he's at the right hand of God right now. Yeah. And he has subdued his enemies. Like this psalm actually says. And then in verse four, he comes and says, yo, yo, 
the Lord swore and said, you are a priest forever, yeah. according to the order of Melchizedek. Right. And Melchizedek only comes up in Genesis 14, Psalm 110. And Hebrews. And Hebrews. Yep. And, and Hebrews is like, no, 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 no. That was actually talking about Christ. Why? Because Melchizedek, in the book of Genesis, I love it. Genesis is about origins, right? Right. It literally means origins. And Melchizedek has no origin story right. in the book of Genesis. We're told of Adams, Noah's, Abraham's, everybody's. But Melchizedek doesn't. Yeah. And then, guess what? We're told of all their deaths, too. And what right. about but Melchizedek doesn't. Mm. So what happens with Jesus is he says that he broke Hebrews like, fam, you missing it. He's a he's a priest like Melchizedek. Why? Because he doesn't have an origin story. He's the son of God. He's right. always existed. Right. Comes into comes into time, raises from the grave, and now he has no right. end date as well. Ah, that's good. The Levitical bro. priests had an end date. They had to pass that baton when they died. Right, right. But a priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, doesn't. Right. Yeah. And the priests, they went into the temple and they couldn't sit down because they had to work. Right. But Jesus now. Mm. comes to the right hand of God. His work is done. His atonement for our sins yeah. on our behalf is done. And he gets to sit at the right hand of God in all power with equality with the Father. Yeah, I love it, bro. It brings us up. Yep. It's so much. Yep. So Psalm 110 is split in half too, all right? Verses one through four is about God establishing his rule. Yeah. Verses five through eight is about God eliminating his enemies. Amen, amen. And so the application that we pull from this is this. When it comes to God and his rule, regardless of what goes on out there, you have no reason to worry and every reason to worship. Mm, no good. reason to worry, every reason to worship. Right. Amen. Psalm hey. 111. 11, yeah. yeah. So, um, man, the, the, the verse that always stuck out to me here is, uh, so he's going to talk about his the Lord's works, right? But in verse 2, he says, the Lord's works are great. Studied. Right. <laughs> studied by all who delight in them. Mm. I don't think it's the only way to know if um, there's a love for the Lord in your heart, but I think it is a way to know. Right. Right. A person who is diligently studying the Lord's word. And it's so funny because many of us think that we have to be a pastor right. or a scholar or a theologian or a uh, seminary student to right. be one who intently study God's word. Right. I am floored right. by how many resources there are today. Right. You go back to the early church. Yeah. They, they just couldn't, they didn't even have their own personal printed Bible. Right. But now we have free, free, like free training online. Right. right? Like Lagos packages, like yeah. so many ways to study the works of God. And I yeah. think it would be um, just a testament, bro, to how we feel about the Lord yeah. if we just took up and studied. Yeah. Right. Like what he has done in his word and what he's done in right. history. And, it, and be surprised how it shapes our lives. This is a good thing, too, because. Especially now, dog, you get a lot of people uh, who would come and would critique what you just said mm. by saying, yeah, nah, God's word is not the only way that God speaks. God speaks to me through prayer. God speaks to me through my experience and all this stuff. Absolutely, right. right? But there's a reason why when you're building community or when why you when you want to get close to somebody, mm. um, you go out to a restaurant mm. And you share a meal and you see what's on their plate and you take that and they see what's on your plate mm. and they take, you share a meal. You don't pack up your individual meals mm. and come and eat, nor do you eat beforehand and then come and just talk about the meals that you ate. There's something about sharing the meal, sharing the mm. same thing, bro, in foreign countries. Yeah. I remember being in you know, Guatemala yeah. and it's like, no, no, no. Everybody's getting the same fresh tortilla, so we can talk about our same, or so we can talk about our differing experience yeah. with those same things, right? Mm -hmm. I remember being in 
India. Oh, that's good. Everybody's eating with their hands, and we got mm. the same mm. rice and mm. butter chicken and all that stuff. And there's something about God's word. Mm. It's not the only way that he speaks, but it is the most consistent, reliable, right, shared way that yeah. we can have this shared experience yeah. over this same meal. And that's why we do place such a high value on the word mm. um, and not just on personal revelation, personal mm. experience. There's mm. something special about the fact that God has laid this out for all of us to share. Yeah. And I think uh, in the past, many people would say that, uh, you know, all those things are true prayer, all that kind of right. stuff, experience. But um, like, this is the clearest way too. Right. So it's not just that yeah. this is the most... Um, kind of way like this is a way we can all come around but it's like the clearest way where god has laid out very specific things right. and we can come around and it's just yeah it's it's not just um you know uh something we we do but it does something right. to us wow. um that's good as well. so psalm 112 practical uh you know we just see here that happiness comes from fearing the lord mm. and taking delight in his commands similar similar to the previous psalm and um you know, I, I love what he says in verse three. He's like, wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Uh, you know, often our spiritual maturity, bro, and the depth of our like piety is is revealed in how we use our resources, mm. right? And he's saying like righteous folks with money would not hoard it. Right. They hand it out, mm -hmm. right? And like he also shows, yeah, so there's that. But it, the, he also shows that righteous people uh, do ordinary things. I, and I love that about the Bible, man. Like over and over, bro. Like when it talks about the godly or those who the Lord, whom the Lord is pleased with, yeah. it is not this overly like extravagant thing, right? It yeah. isn't like, yo, you got twenty five people converted <laughs> by twenty five. It's right. not. It's like, yo, you know, it says good will come to the one who lends generously, yeah, and conducts his business fairly, right? Like generosity. Somebody said, uh, the generosity and godliness are so close. That it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah, and so you just see here, like, a generous person is a godly person. Yeah. Bro, that's so good, bro. Like, the fear of the Lord—it's not just about wisdom, but it's about happiness, mm. right? Where the fear of the Lord is present, and where it's the practice, mm. happiness and joy is the outcome, mm. right? So, mm. so, so, even what you talked through, bro, giving money to the poor mm. is not just an obligation. Every other religion is going to say, Facts. no, no, it's an obligation, right? Or, or they'll talk about it as a virtue or an obligation. Here, it's not an obligation, but it is the natural outcome of the person that knows that they have mm. all of their needs met in God, right? Mm. So it's going to end and juxtapose and just show, yo, the wicked aren't so, right? Yeah. That they see this thriving and generosity and it makes them mad mm because they don't have it after all they're plotting and they know that they won't get it, right? So at the end of the day, man, one of the things that stuck out in this psalm to me is this. Um, despair comes because the wicked have what the righteous don't in terms of approval and money, hmm. but they don't have what the righteous do in hmm. terms of contentment and peace. That's good, bro. So it's That's like, awesome. yo, yo. You've got what I don't, yeah. riches, wealth, and approval, but you're mad because you don't have what I do, mm -hmm. contentment and peace. Mm -hmm. It is a curse That's to true. have everything except for contentment. Mm -hmm. That's a mm -hmm. curse. Absolutely. And it is a blessing to have nothing and contentment. but contentment. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what 
comes to those who have the fear of the Lord. And I think that's what Paul says. Yeah. I, I think that's what he really means yeah. in Philippians 4. Yeah. I can do all things yeah. Yeah, because of contentment through Christ. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we ask um, for that contentment. God, we pray that we would be content, uh, not just with having things, but having the only thing that ultimately matters, and that's you and a fear of you, God. Give us that fear of you today as we uh, walk about in this world uh, seeking to please you.